With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that. All you need to do is text the word show to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word show, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text show to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number, 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you with me today. As always, text Eric E R I C K to three three seven seven seven. You can get the podcast, the show notes, the live stream. Follow me around social media. Subscribe to YouTube. We're trying to grow YouTube. Need to be a. So many conservatives have abandoned YouTube. I'm not going to abandon it. I'm going to plant my flag and grow a conservative audience there. Now. I need to talk to you about a sensitive subject. I'm going to use a word that's going to offend a great many of you. And I need to explain to you that I'm using the word to make a point, not to use the word as a pejorative, but you have to understand the context of things I'm talking about. So don't be mad at me. Just listen to what I'm saying. Because there's a larger point. And the point is, is a relevant, necessary point for you to understand. So are you ready? It's, it's, it's the R word. You got to say the R word. He's got to say the R word because there, there's, there's an overarching point here. Don't, don't send me hate mail. You understand the context. But as you are aware, it is frowned upon these days for many good reasons to use the word retarded. Back in the 60s and 70s, calling a child with mental disabilities or an adult with mental disabilities retarded was a way to avoid using prior words that also were um, just First of all, you kind of wondered where they came up with the words. Um, And so people started using the word retarded. The problem is that people embraced it as a pejorative and would call people that who did not have special needs, didn't have disabilities. So people moved over time to uh, mentally handicapped uh, and then moved over time to special needs. And each was a way to avoid a pejorative stigma on the person 
with a word that could be used as a pejorative to others. In common parlance, you would never call someone that if they actually suffered a mental uh, disability or a special need, but it became something that you called people as an insult to them. And a lot of advocates for those with mental disabilities and for special needs really push to stop using the word. Now, at some point in the future, inevitably, because so many people now use special needs, at some point that will become the next word that must be moved on from as people use it as an insult, as people are wont to do. But it's understandable. I think you can understand why we moved the moved on from calling people retarded who suffer a mental defect because it became a playground insult for kids, among other things. Now, I want you to compare that and the legitimate desire to move on from a word that became such a pejorative to the word homeless. Because I... I I want to turn your attention to a story in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I want to read for you the, well, first, let, I, I'll read for you the headline now. The headline now is on frigid Atlanta night, man dies after accidentally setting himself on fire. That follows a story in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution where they referred to solving the issues of the unhoused. But let's focus on this story. The headline, on frigid Atlanta night, man dies after accidentally setting himself on fire. Here's the opening sentence. An unhoused man who lived under a bridge in southwest Atlanta died Saturday night after accidentally lighting himself on fire amid freezing temperatures, officials said. An unhoused man. You may wonder what on earth is an unhoused man? Now, this is the other funny one. This is also from the Atlanta Journal. City seeks donations to help unhoused Atlantans. And in the first Paragraph, the city of Atlanta is asking residents to assist in efforts to help people experiencing homelessness. Now, the difference between the one is a word is abandoned because it becomes a pejorative that people use to insult other people, not suffering some sort of mental um, or behavioral issue. The second, getting rid of homeless in changing it either to the phrase people experiencing homelessness or unhoused is a way to abdicate responsibility. And I, I want you to notice this in something like the Atlanta Journal versus, say, an obviously left-wing publication like the New York Times because this is a creeping level of progressive Orwellian words gamesmanship creeping into our national lexicon. When newspapers around the country abandon the word homeless and switch it to unhoused, 
it's a sign of progressive creep into these institutions. And so when you see a publication so aggressively using the word unhoused, where five minutes ago they were using homeless, they're in the progressive mission. And you should understand that these institutions are progressive. You should understand they have been co-opted by progressives, and you should act accordingly. Because what's actually going on here? Let me explain to you why progressives say you should not use the word homeless. Because it's the ending, the L-E-S-S. It presupposes that the person is less than something. And instead moves towards a progressive solution of finding houses because a homeless person is homeless because they lack a house. Therefore, they are unhoused. That's their logic. I'm not making that up. You can go to progressive sites that advocate for uh, the homeless, and that's what they say. They call them the unhoused because the problem is they lack a house. Otherwise, they would be housed, and we wouldn't treat them with a stigma. The problem here is that absolutely defies explanation in many of the cases. It's not that they lack a house. It's that they're drug addicts suffering from mental health issues and otherwise find themselves on the streets of America, and they wouldn't have a house anyway. Or they had a house and they left it. There are certainly and absolutely a thousand percent people who live on the streets because they cannot afford a home in America right now. And those people, maybe you should call them unhoused, but the reality is they are homeless. They lack a home. Now, some of you are like, Erickson, what's the big deal? The big deal is progressives setting the standards for news institutions around the country on how you talk about words to avoid the problems of progressivism. They're changing the names. Let me ask you a question. When we changed the using the word retarded to special needs, did we end the mental disabilities? No. What we ended was people using a word as a pejorative to insult other people that thereby minimized what other people who did have uh, special needs were going through. What do you accomplish by changing homeless to unhoused? What do you accomplish? What the left says you are accomplishing is highlighting the fact that but for a house, they would be a whole person. That's a left-wing talking point that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or the New York Times or the Washington Post or the USA Today or Axios or any other publication would choose to do that. They're choosing to embrace a progressive talking point. But why is the person unhoused or homeless? You've changed the word. You haven't changed the condition. What the left says is it's you just need more houses, but it's the left and their environmental policies that don't want you to build more houses in most cases, but not just that, it's beyond that. It's also the mental health issues, the failures of the Veterans Administration that the left won't let us fix, the failures of licentious drug policy around the country that the left won't let us fix, the decriminalization of drugs and making it easier to be a drug addict on the streets of Portland. You're going to call them unhoused. They're drug addicts. They wouldn't last in a house anyway. They're not unhoused. They're homeless because they're addicted to the drugs that the people of Portland, Oregon have made it very easy to get access to. 
What the left is doing and what these media outlets are doing is they're playing word games to avoid having to deal with the failures of progressive policy. It makes them sleep better at night. I'm sure the people writing in the news publication, writing about the unhoused, can go home at night and say, oh, I wrote about people without houses today. So they don't have to worry about the homeless. It's just a matter of a matter of public policy to build another house. They abdicate their own failures and responsibilities to make themselves feel better. That's the worst part of this. You change the word to special needs for someone suffering some sort of special need, you're getting rid of a pejorative. You change the word homeless to unhoused, you're allowing a progressive to sleep well at night while having to avoid confronting the failures of their policies and also avoid confronting the problem at hand. And it really is a damning indictment of all of the American media down to the local newspapers of America that they're willing to make such an editorial shift at the demands of progressives to avoid having to deal with the actual problems because the actual problem is not people who lack a house. The problem is drug addiction. The problem is mental health. The problem is multifaceted. To say that it is just because they lack a house is to boil it down to a simple and dishonest talking point, and that's what the American media has become. They've embraced the simple, dishonest talking points of the left to try to change how you and I talk about a problem because some activist institution on the left told them to. but they're never actually going to fix the problem. We're talking about homelessness. We're talking about the homeless. To the left, they're the unhoused because if only we would raise taxes so evil white dudes would build houses for the unhoused, they would have a house and they would get in the house and they would mortgage it to deal with their mental health and their drug addiction problems and they would be unhoused yet again when the bank foreclosed. I really do hope there are members of the media listening to this at the AJC and others. Your willingness to editorially just change a word signals your virtue to the left and signals to every one of us reading that you are now complicit in the left's mission of Orwellian groupthink and speech. You've changed a word and haven't changed the problem, and yet you feel very high-minded that editorially you've stopped using homeless so that you can use the word unhoused that nobody knows. It's like the white progressives who use Latinx. You can tell the religion of the left by how quickly they embrace word games to avoid having to deal with their policy failures. And meanwhile, today in Atlanta and around the nation, there will be more homeless people who accidentally set fires and will call them unhoused and leave them homeless. But the reporters and the progressive activists will sleep well tonight knowing that they just changed the word without ever having to bother to change someone's condition. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Tom's been waiting very patiently. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out. Eric, you're killing me today. I'm six Uh-oh. years old. Every stuff like, and I, I, I go to the store, I put the radio on. Everything you're saying today, whether it's term limits, which are debt, you're spot on. Appreciate it. And how our and how our politicians just yeah take it take it down the road about balancing the budget. Yeah, look, it's a huge problem. Now, now I, I see on the call screen that, that you're a, a bond broker, so I bet you got some insight in this. I work, I work for Cancer Fitzgerald Securities Corporation. I broke the 30-year bond, and this is going back, started in 1988, and due to technology, lost my job in 2000. Our debt went from $3.5 trillion to $5.5 trillion in those 12 years. Now wow. they spend trillions of dollars like it's, there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and, it, and, and, it, and, and, and 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 you know, and then you have jackasses like Joe Manchin. See my language, Joe Manchin. They passed this bill, forging whatever. God knows how much money they're spending on guns. What they're spending it on. Oh, but it's not their fault. It's, well, we never passed the budget. Well, guys, isn't your job to pass budgets? Yeah, look, I mean, this is the biggest problem, and what what Congress does, Tom, and and you, you're right on on. The, the problems with these lack of passing budgets is time and time again, what these guys do is they expand these budgets through continuing resolutions without any opportunity for debate. They're rapidly passed, rushed out the door. Both parties have to tribally stand by their side and pass them to make them work. It's what's going on right now, and everything just keeps growing. And in growing the way they're growing – uh, we continue to bankrupt the country. We continue to drive up the cost of borrowing. We drive up the debt service payments. There's less and less money available for everything else, and it just continues to get worse. It continues to – the country is going to hit rock bottom at some point soon if we don't change the corner. Americans for Prosperity has been sounding this out for – I mean, I, I've said in the room where they've tried to explain this to Republicans – that you've got to start making real cuts now or you're going to raise taxes later. You've got to start doing it now and be responsible. And it's it's one of the reasons I support this group is because they support limited government. They see the problems if we don't engage in limited government. They see where this is headed. They're trying to educate Americans about why Bidenomics is so bad and why it puts us on this collision course with a, a, a reckoning over our debt. They want you on their side. They want to be activists in your community, explaining to voters and educating them on the solutions that limit government, reduce regulation, and inspire the American dream for everybody. Join them, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. They're on the side of limited government. They're on the side of free markets. They're on the side of freedom. They're on the side of fiscal sanity in Washington, D.C. They'll educate you, give you the arguments that you can make to others to be as persuasive as possible on how to restore fiscal sanity in Washington, D.C. It's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go sign up with Americans for Prosperity today. Be an activist in your community for fiscal sanity, for free markets, and for free people. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number 877-973-7425. Allow me to tell you what's coming. It's not going to be good, and it is easily predictable. Up in uh, the upper Midwest, in the Dakotas, High Grand Forks, XL Energy is shutting down coal-powered plants. The South Carolina or South Carolina, South Dakota Public Utilities Commission has asked XL Energy to reconsider shutting down its Sherco and King coal-fired plants, uh, saying that it would add to uncertainty of electric generation resources adequate in the upper Midwest. The three-unit Sherco plant in Minnesota is closing in stages. XL shuttered one unit in December. The final two scheduled to close in 2026 and 2030. The King plant, also in Minnesota, is slated to retire in 2028. They provide about 2,700 megawatts of energy. They claim, XL Energy does, that it's headed towards a clean energy goal, so they got to get rid of it. But here's the problem. The North American Electric Reliability Corporation has concluded in its long-term reliability assessment that there will be a 4.7 gigawatt shortfall in 2028 if these plants completely go offline. Across the region, there are estimates for all sorts of problems. 103 gigawatts of generation will be shuttered over the next 19 years. About 80% of the expected closure are dispatchable generation, but not all of the replacement capacity will be. In addition, there are grave concerns regarding whether replacement generation can be built quickly enough and in large enough quantities to fill for plants retiring prematurely. As XL retires its coal plants, the utility plants add 2,150 megawatts of wind and 2,500 megawatts of solar by 2032 with an additional 1,100 megawatts of wind and solar expected beyond that. They'll be spread across Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Here's the problem. They're not baseload power or dispatchable generation. So XL Energy has two nuclear power plants, and they're going to add, they claim, 1,100 megawatts of dispatchable generation or, or baseload power. They're going to claim to get hydrogen-ready combustion turbine, turbines online, among other things. Now, a lot of this stuff is going to take a little while. So let, let me let me step back. If you're a little bit confused by all the numbers and stuff I'm throwing at you, essentially, here's what's going on in the upper Midwest. Now, consider the weather right now. Consider what's going on. Siri, what's the weather in Grand Forks, North Dakota right now? It's currently snowing, it's currently snowing in and 21 degrees. At 1 a.m., it's going to be 9 degrees in Grand Forks, North Dakota. In, 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 in 1 o'clock in the morning, their time, it's going to be 1 degree. That's really cold up there. Now, let, let's, let's consider this one. 
just just bear with me here. There, there, there's a method to my madness here. Let's see. Can I do this one more time? What's the weather going to be in Rapid City, South Dakota tonight? The forecast is calling for partly cloudy skies, then clear skies tonight in Rapid City, South Dakota. 27 degrees. 26. It, wow. It's going to be colder here in middle Georgia than Rapid City, South Dakota tonight. That's unusual. But it's going to be cold, and it's been cold. In Montana, they've been having record-breaking wind chills. All of this is to say they're taking off coal-powered plants to satisfy the environmentalist concerns of the left, and they're not replacing baseload power quick enough. They're adding wind and solar. Now, what is baseload capacity? Baseload capacity, if you're not a regular listener, is power that you can snap your finger and call up. So with a coal power plant or a nuclear plant, you can rev the engine quick and get power out there. With solar and wind, you can't. Why? Because you need the wind to blow or you need the sun to shine. I don't know if you know this or not. And I got to say, someone who's traveled the world a lot, it took me seeing it in person to, to get this. My brother-in-law lived for a long time in Michigan. I want to say it was around Saginaw or some such uh, that my brother-in-law lived. Back when my wife got married, we had to go to their wedding. And it was up uh, north. You landed in um, in Detroit, and you drove north. And it was beautiful. Green, green grass. It was beautiful, beautiful. And the sun stayed up a long time. I was stunned. I want to say it was maybe Davison, something like that, actually south of Saginaw. Um it was a, the, the, I, we, I was just, it was remarkable. We stayed at a hotel, I say it was like a Hilton or something, and we sat outside, and it's like 10.30 at night, and, and the sun was finally going down. It was remarkable. But you know what? In the wintertime, it's dark. It's dark all the time. In the wintertime, those solar panels aren't going to get you any use because they're going to be covered in snow. It's going to be dark. So you need coal or nuclear power. And XL Energy is not revving up the baseload power as quickly as they should. And the North American Electric Energy Association, or whatever it's called, that, that assesses the power grid is saying there's going to be a shortfall. So those of you in the upper Midwest, in Minnesota, in the Dakotas, in Montana, in Wisconsin, in Michigan, you better have your wood-burning stoves. You better have your wood-burning stoves going because... It's going to get cold and the lights are going to go out. I mean, y'all, this is foreseeable. This is easily foreseeable that this is going to happen. Look at what happened in Texas uh, a couple of years ago. And look at what happened this past week when they had massive cold in Texas. The Texas power authorities were telling people, don't use your washers and dryers and don't use your dishwashers. Because they were worried about having enough power. In California, the lights go off during the summer. In California, they have all sorts of problems. Why are we, the United States of America, having people lose power because of the environmentalist agenda? It is absolutely absurd that we are allowing our lives to be held hostage by these people. You want to understand why so many people are willing to go with Donald Trump? It's stuff like this. The left is visibly making our lives more inconvenient and more miserable. It takes three hours for your dishwasher to wash dishes unless you crack the whip on her and tell her to get in there sooner. I kid, I kid, come on. The dishwashers don't work. They want half your money and take you for divorce. 
the washers and dryers don't clean your clothes as well. If the wind's not blowing and the sun's not shining, you don't have power to your house. They want to force you into a battery-powered car. When the cold comes, you can't charge your car. The left wants your life to be miserable. Well, they fly in their private jets. And it's going to impact beyond California, beyond Texas. It's going to impact the upper Midwest where they're having to shut down these coal-fired power plants to humor left-wing activists and politicians in Minnesota. And it makes everybody else's life more inconvenient, more costly, more miserable. That is a really, really aggravating thing. And it's why there's so much blowback and so much pushback and so much support for non-traditional politicians who understand these problems. I remember when Donald Trump campaigning in 2020 said he was going to get your dishwashers to wash and he was going to restore the flow of water to your showers. And people on the left mocked him. And people in the media are like, this is really a problem? You're damn right it's a problem. Water pressure in a lot of showers sucks these days because of government regulation. Your dishwashers take hours when they used to take an hour max. And now they're coming for your water heaters. They're coming for your refrigerators. They're coming for your freezers. They break more. You know, it's it's not actually a conspiracy here that the new appliances break more often. It's not. It actually is not willful by the companies. There are a lot of people, and particularly on the left, they want to blame the businesses. And they say that the businesses are making appliances that don't last as long so that you're forced to buy them more regularly. That is not actually true. What's true is that to comply with government regulations, they have to use parts that don't work as well as parts used to work. They have had to add more plastics and get rid of metals. They've had to add other components that break down more often. They've had to use different refrigerants, things like that. The wear and tear is extreme. Look at ethanol in your in your gas tank. Ethanol does not work well in gas tanks and ruins uh, engines, among other things, and yet you're forced to do it because of government mandates. It's not the car manufacturer's fault. It's the government's fault, and the government would rather blame the corporations and say they're greedy than tell the truth. At some point... And I don't know whether it'll be Trump in 24 or a Republican in 28. There's going to be a reckoning on this because all of us who vote, by and large, remember when things used to work well and the power stayed on. And it is the Democrats' policies that have caused the change to darkness. There will be some candidate whose campaign is, I'll keep the lights on. And that candidate's going to win. Bart, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Bart. How are you? Yeah, hey, Eric. Thank you. Hey, I've been uh, studying all this stuff with the nuclear power plants and CO2 reduction and all that kind of clean energy and baseload, all that kind of stuff. But one thing I discovered, uh, the liberals just want to simplistically eliminate fossil fuels. Well, you know, anybody with any rational thought process would realize that's impossible. But what you got is if you use fossil fuels smarter than what's being done, you can eliminate a huge chunk of CO2 emissions. And what it's called, it's a combined cycle power plant. In other words, you use one type of generator, which is uh, basically a jet engine, Brayton cycle, engineering-wise, and then you run the heat exhaust through that to fire up uh, the uh, steam-powered part that can be powered by coal. And if you do that, you're increasing your thermal efficiency of the uh, electricity generation by 50%. GE has gone up to 61%. 
and that eliminates 33% of the CO2 emissions for the same amount of electricity generation. And nobody and of talks course, about it. To, to too many people on the left, it, it's a reduction, but not an elimination. So it's not good enough. It, exactly. Exactly. But then you throw in nuclear power. Oh, no, we don't want to do that. You know, and, uh, you know, Governor Kemp was spot on at Davos, man. He took it right to him. That was great. <laughs> Yeah, he sure did. Um, look, I, Bart, I appreciate that. That That's great knowledge as well. I, yeah, I don't know if y'all heard about this. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, went to Davos and, and said the difference between him and so much of of American leaders is that uh, we just let the markets pick, and when the markets is poking, then we go in and try to lure those businesses to Georgia. We don't pick the winners and losers. Let the markets pick the winners and losers. It, it, great, great idea. Uh, great strategy from Brian Kemp there. And it's working in Georgia. It's working in the southeast. And in the southeast, you've got this anything, everything power uh, idea from from southern companies, which is Alabama power, Georgia power, Florida power. Those just build nuclear, build coal, build wind, build solar, let it work. And it works. Unlike these left-wing states that want to shut down everything that works in favor of the stuff that only works when the conditions are right and leaves their residents in the dark. At some point, someone's going to run a campaign, I'll keep the lights on, and that guy is going to win an election. Recently, 10 regional banks had their credit downgraded. The government is starting to get concerned with banks being overleveraged on bonds as interest rates have gone up. Um, a lot of ba- regional banks are underwater. There are real concerns. Swiss America has been sounding the alarm about these situations with banks and the war on cash and an assault on your freedoms with soaring interest rates, squeezing the economy, and banks on the verge of collapse. Swiss America can educate you on how to protect your hard-earned assets now. Go read the report, The Secret War on Cash. It's free. All you do is you mention Eric Erickson. You call or text my name to 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency, and it's spreading. You can get The Secret War on Cash report free from Swiss America. All you do is mention my full name, Eric Erickson. You call or text 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646, or you go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K or 800-289-2646. Message data rates may apply. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson across the nation. Don't forget text data, D-A-T-A, to 33777. You can order my book, pre-order it. Now listen, I, I, let me just say this. I, I really would appreciate it if you'd pre-order the book. There will be an audio version later, but the initial sales actually, one, it makes me look good, but it actually helps me the ability to write a future book if this one sells well, uh, to do a future book. So please, um, if you would, text DATA to 33777. I'll send you the links to Amazon and Barnes & Noble for you to be able to order. Now, Jim, you waited patiently. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm pretty well. How are you doing, Eric? Great. What's going on? Well, how are the voters going to view the cost of living this November? Will they look at the prices or the inflation rate? Prices are much higher the last three years, but the rate is slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, um, 
Well, look, I, I think it's going to matter dramatically because, you know, deflation would actually be bad as well if things collapsed and hit us into a depression. So what you really want is you want like slow one, two percent inflation, but then you want wages mm-hmm. to go up and wages are the problem right now. They're not keeping up with inflation and they, they, they've continued to, to go up. So inflation's still going up even at a lower rate, but wages aren't going up as much. I mean, you're seeing this across communities. Listen to this commentator. Uh, I think it was on the um, on this week on ABC. Listen. Recent polls show the campaign is underperforming with black voters compared to 2020 exit polls. South Carolina Congressman Jim Clyburn has said he is very concerned about this. Vice President Harris, I know you just saw that, told Mary the campaign has responded to the black community's needs. But if that's the case, why has support for President Biden dipped? Look, I think what a lot of people are expressing uh, is urgency. Uh, they sense a sense of urgency because of the threat that Republicans pose uh, to you know, America right now. And that's precisely why the president and the vice president are running for re-election, uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen. When it comes to African-American voters, I want to be very clear about this, that no administration has done as much for the African-American community as President Biden and Vice President Harris. <clears throat> We're talking about black wealth being up 60 percent. The racial wealth gap being the lowest has it ever been in recorded history. We have to continue to take this message directly to African-American voters, and our campaign has done that. We've come out of the gate with very large buys targeted at African-American voters, organizing in their communities to send a clear signal that, one, we don't take them for granted. Two, we recognize that we need to earn their support in this campaign and communicate with them all the ways in which this administration uh, has all the work that this administration has done to make their lives better. And that has to also be in juxtaposition to the contrast of what, you know, the Republicans are putting forward. The Republicans are putting forward a better economy. The Republicans are are putting forward a, a stronger economy. And a lot of black voters remember their economy was much better under Donald Trump. The idea that this administration has done more than any administration for the black community really you're going to say that about Barack Obama's administration, really? But also, uh, Donald Trump passed, what, the First Steps Act? Got a lot of young black men out of prison for drug crimes. Um, really hard to make that case, even though you want to. And This is kind of the problem that both parties have. A, a, a lot of Republican voters, the GOP takes them for granted. Christian, evangelical, pro-life voters, the GOP just takes them for granted. The Democratic Party takes for granted black voters. And we're kind of crossing the Rubicon where neither party can take its core base for granted because there is so much shift among the parties right now for a lot of reasons. Both sides need to build coalitions. The fact that Biden has to lecture the black community about, don't you know how good I gave it to you? They don't see it or they'd be giving him credit. That is, that's the, the major problem here for both parties is you don't need to browbeat potential members of your coalition. You need to sell them a positive vision about you, just not a negative vision about the other side. Browbeating them and telling them you better support me or else isn't the way to win an election with very narrow margins. There is a path forward, but it involves a message that gets people on board, doesn't force them on board. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 